I'm Chanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Hello and welcome everyone to the Deadball Brothers podcast. I know that's not how we usually introduce the episode, but I'm guessing a lot of you who pay attention to U.S. soccer podcasts have been hearing that a lot lately. It's been about a week now since Daryl Grove passed away, which feels insane to say still, but I wanted to say a couple things about him and didn't trust myself to do it in one take during the normal recording without crying or anything, so uh, we're just putting it here instead. Um, Simply put, Daryl was an exemplary human. You probably know that now. Uh, There's been plenty of things written about him, plenty of tributes. Uh, I wrote one myself that uh, a lot of you who listen to this podcast probably also saw. Um, But in case you didn't, I had the very excellent fortune of knowing Daryl personally, um, talking to him on several occasions over the past couple of years. I wouldn't say we were the closest of friends, certainly, but um, we were friends, and I was a massive fan of his, um, as well as getting able to know him on a personal level. Um, and while I only became friends with him a couple years ago, it, it felt like we knew each other much longer than that. That's just the way that Daryl operated. He made you feel welcome, valued, important. I just wanted to start the show by thanking him for being the person he was and to uh, say our prayers go out to his wife, Shannon, all of his family, as well as um, Taylor and Margaret Rockwell, who I'm also lucky enough to call friends, um, and really everyone else that counted on Daryl being part of their lives on a day-to-day basis. We're dedicating this show to him in the best way that we know how to continue to be weird and joyful and to love all the twists and turns of this game as best we can, just like he did. I don't think we can offer anything else, but I don't think he'd expect anything else from us either. I'm just going to miss my friend, and the world is going to miss a great person. But I think if we try to live the way that Daryl did, he will never really be gone. Thank you for listening to this episode, and... um. We miss you, Daryl. Ooh, that sweet, sweet music. Welcome to Dead Ball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy dose of stupidity. And we haven't said it in a while, but Drew, the theme music slaps. It slaps so hard. That used to be the the prime meme that we would launch every single episode it with. It really was. We weren't very original, and I no. think the the theme music slaps be, kind of became our, our slogan. One of our first bit. things. Yeah, it was one of our bits. We're like, oh man, this slaps so hard. So if you remember that, Congratulations, you've been around the podcast for a long time. And thank you for and sticking with us absolutely. the whole time. And if you don't know that, welcome in. <laughs> We've just revealed our secrets to you. This podcast is part of the Blue, Ca- Blue Wire Podcast Blue Network. Cast Wire Pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
gosh. And it is also brought to you by Bet Online and Indeed. Yes, it is. Thank you very much, Drew, for mentioning our sponsors, which I so rudely did not do when I gave the intro. Got to give them that shout out. We do got to give them that shout out, contractually speaking. <laughs> and so we did. You're welcome, Bet Online and Indeed, and also our employers, Blue Wire Podcast. Thanks for that. God. Oh, Drew, Drew, Drew. It is a strange time to be a Manchester United fan. You're not even going to introduce yourself, dude. All right. It's been a little bit, That's I guess. That's fair. It has been a little bit. <laughs> Welcome to the host of this podcast, myself, everybody's most favorite soccer writer, Adam Luker Snavely, joined as always by my real life brother. Drew Snavely, fan of European Giants. Oh, gosh. Manchester United. Here we go. I never, never lost faith in the lads. <laughs> oh, Oles yeah. at the wheel. And you, did you did you never lose faith in them when they were losing six to one to Tottenham? All I'm going to say is Marcus Rashford MBE for Prime Minister, Doctor Marcus Rashford MBE. Does he have a doctorate now? He has an honorary doctorate. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Jerry Falwell senior. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like a lot of people. It's like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it's like Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has a, one or two of those. Yeah. <sighs> Elections right around the corner. Nope. Let's not talk about it at all. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about it at all, please. Oh man. Oh, uh, we're delving into history in part a little bit to uh, forget about all that stuff. But go out and vote on Tuesday. Go if go you vote. haven't already. Please go vote. It's important. <laughs> it's very very important, and that's the only mention we are going to make of that. So if you're just suffering from severe election fatigue, like I am. This is your break. This is it. This is our break. A little this cigarette. Our therapy. Yeah. Because we don't have the money to go see a therapist. Yeah. So we're giving you a little smoke break in the form of some nonsense, some history, and some soccer. Absolutely. Well, that's how we do it. There's been a lot of soccer going on lately. There has been so much soccer. And the reason for my um, maybe unearned <laughs> optimism okay. is because Manchester United, obviously undefeated in Champions League so far this year. And it's not like we were facing teams like I don't know, who did who did uh Chelsea play this week? Like uh Kraken? Krasnodar. Krasnodar. <laughs> yeah. 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 We beat PSG. You did beat PSG. Runners up last year in Champions League. Nice and RB Leipzig. It which, must it must be said an RB Leipzig that didn't start Tyler Adams. They didn't. Those fools. In a Timo Werner list RB Leipzig as well, yeah. but they were still semifinalists, I believe, yes. last year in the Champions League. They were. So no like pushovers. I mean, they did. And have... they still have, and they still have strike power without Timo Werner. They've got Yusuf Polson. They've got Huang Hichan, uh, who is the South Korean striker, the formerly of Red Bull Salzburg, who he was one of the guys who scored against Liverpool. Yeah. Um, in the Champions League last year, in yeah. that crazy game that they had. That was an insane game. Uh, yeah, they've got. They've got people. They just yeah. signed Justin Clivert, Patrick. Oh, yeah. So they've got they've got some firepower. They I mean, shouldn't, they should not have lost five nothing. No, put no, it that no, no, way. No, no, no. Um, how do you uh, Nagelsmann? Julian Nagelsmann. Yeah. Yeah. Style um, icon. Yeah, and um, hot young manager of soccer, literally and figuratively. Literally and figuratively. He's a good he made a couple of galaxy brain moves. He really did. <laughs> he does that. That's ending kind the, of his thing. Ending the game with like two actual defenders mm-hmm. on the field. 
<laughs> hey. I mean, hey, when you're down five nothing, it's kind of like what do you have to lose? You're just trying to limit limit the the losses on your goal differential that is obviously not going to be great after it, and hopefully you get a goal or something and everything yeah. turns out fine. But that was not to be. It was surprising because uh, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandez, and Paul Pogba all started the game on the bench. Yeah, which is wild, crazy. Uh, wait, no, actually, I'm take that back. Paul Pogba did not start the match on the bench. I was he, gonna say I thought he Paul started Pogba the match because we did the midfield diamond. Yes, which that was, everybody that everybody's been clamoring for. <laughs> yeah, and it was like it was fine. It was it was effective enough. I mean, yeah. they didn't concede any play goals. Play the diamond so that we can play Donny Vanderbeek. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, uh, the the really great um, development this season so far has been Fred's development. Hey, what's up, Frage? He's like finally starting to show up and have some pretty big games for us, That's which nice. is exciting. Yeah. I just mentioned Scott McTominay. Scott McTominay. <laughs> they uh, call him Mc, Mc, uh, Tominator. Mc, the McTominator. <laughs> the McTominator, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Drew, I'm very ha- happy that uh, you are having success in Europe, even if it's looking slightly dire at times in the Premier League itself. The nil-nil draw against Chelsea was 90 minutes of my life I will yeah, never get back. It was incredibly boring. I was thinking it was going to be great because both defenses are awful. Or both attacks have some incredibly talented players. And it turned into two teams that knew they were bad at defense. And they were like, we're going to defend all game. Well, at least Manchester United didn't throw out five defenders out there. That's all I'm going to say. That's a Frank yeah. thing, though. Frank, yeah, Frank has done yeah. that for a while. The 3-4-3. Three, yeah, three. yeah, yeah. That yeah. whole deal. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's what it is. But we're not here to talk about present-day soccer. No. But thank you for letting me talk for about Manchester United. It's been a, a minute. Second. It's yeah. been a minute since you've really had a chance to gloat. Yeah. And I wanted to give that to you. It's not often that I get to do it, so thank That's you. so true. That is so true. <laughs> Drew, we're here to talk about some historical soccer. Yes. And this yes. one is a doozy. A doozy and also a doozy. It is. We are splitting this one into two parts because yes. the story is literally that long. It is so long. It's very, very... There's a lot of things that happen, so we're uh, we're doing our first ever Dead Ball Brothers two-parter. It's very exciting. And Adam texted me yesterday and was like, hey, just so you know, this episode is going to be actually split into two because I'm on page four of my story and I still haven't even gotten through all the crazy stuff yet. So I'm buckled in and ready to go. And I hope you are buckled in and ready to go as well, listener, because (laughs) this one is going to be a ride. Let's do it. Our story begins on August 26th, 1943. Okay. Europe Africa and Asia had been embroiled in World War II for years at this point. But there was still something of a tentative peace in the Western Hemisphere, where the United States was still hemming and hawing a little bit about joining the war. Because if there's one thing that the U.S. enjoys doing, it's getting into wars. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Even if this one seemed like... Like, probably, like, if you had to pick one more, like... This that, is probably it. This is the good war that you have to fight. This is the one that Because you of join. literal Hitler. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's probably it, I suppose. Yeah. Not that it 
not that it justifies anything that the U.S. did in said war, like dropping an atomic atomic bomb on Japan, yeah, and then doing it again, yeah. Um, but I digress. Yes. <laughs> Just south of the United States, though, a woman named Stella Warner was giving birth to a son, Austin. Jesus. <laughs> God. Uh, we made it uh, like a successful five minutes in this story <laughs> before we got a really bad joke. Sorry. <laughs> Soon, though, her son came by the nickname that he would go by for the rest of his life Jack. This is the semi abridged story of Jack Warner, quite possibly the most infamous scammer, money exchanger, and fraud. In soccer's long and sordid history. Yes. You recall the Chuck Blazer episode that we did? Yes, I do. Jack Warner was Chuck Blazer's confidant and partner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we've covered some of this story a little bit already. Uh-huh. But we're covering the flip side of it now. And let me tell you, my friend, it is a doozy. You've already said that? I said that, and I'm saying it again. <laughs> doozy it squared. deserves it. Exponential increase. Okay. <laughs> Jack's early life was fairly normal, thanks to his hardworking mother, who raised him and his siblings by herself despite meager finances in a very small town in Trinidad. He attended school and university, training him to become a teacher during his secondary education in the 1960s. In 1962, I believe, I hope I get this right, Trinidad and Tobago gained independence from Britain. Uh-uh. So that didn't happen until the 60s. Wow. So he's almost 20 years old at the point where he's 19 when Trinidad gains independence. Gotta love imperialism. (laughs) Ah, imperialism. If there's one thing that soccer loves, it's imperialism. Jeez. If there's one thing that England's national team loves, it's imperialism. Who am I talking about? If there's one thing America's soccer team loves, it's imperialism. It is true. Uh, That's just the way that goes. (laughs) Five years after Trinidad and Tobago gained independence from Britain, Jack Warner graduated from college with a degree in history. It was soccer, however, that held Jack Warner's attention, or at least the opportunities that soccer might bring. Hmm. Trinidad and Tobago was not great at soccer, and cricket is still probably the more popular sport in the country, as it is in a lot of Caribbean nations. Cricket is super popular. Again, imperialism. I was going to say, all <laughs> thanks to those Brits. Mm-hmm. But Jack Warner had big ideas for a school teacher from a tiny town. Before he had even graduated from college, he became general secretary of the Central Football Association, and by 1973 had climbed to his position as secretary of the Trinidad and Tobago Football Federation, which I will hereby refer to usually as the TNTFA. Okay. Because that's much shorter to say. TNT. No, 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 no. Uh, that's enough of that. No. That's enough of that. <laughs> he held that position of general secretary for 16 years, becoming the most recognizable figure in the sport in his home country, and soon becoming a very visible figure in CONCACAF and FIFA yes. as well. Yes. It was in 1989, however, that you might say Jack Warner's story really got interesting. <laughs> in 1989, CONCACAF had one slot for World Cup con- qualification. 
It was a time when I believe only 24 teams were invited to the World Cup. Man, the World Cup's gotten so much better in modern times. That's true. I'm curious to see how the next, like, the real big ones, because it's expanding again. Man. How that goes. It's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be absolutely wild. Even more parody. Maybe. Hopefully. Hope, I, I guess hopefully. Yeah. Nobody wants to see the best team win. That's true. <laughs> I, there's not been enough World Cup champions. Let's just get it up there. Exactly. The World Cup's been around for almost a century now. Only and eight teams have won it. Exactly. Nobody wants to see it. Who, Unless it's Brazil, who wants to see one of those teams that have won it before? I know we all want to see Brazil win again, obviously. Everybody wants that. Nod your head. Yeah. Nod oh, your yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listeners, yes, we want Brazil to win the World Cup. But... Who wants to see Germany win another World Cup? Nobody. Boring. I was going to say, as early as 2010, there were only seven teams that had ever won. Yep. Seven countries that had never won a World Cup. Spain finally won it. And Spain finally got one. So, CONCACAF only had one slot. And that slot, normally, would be won by Mexico. Yes. Who was, and probably still are, the best team in the region. I'd say at this point, still yes. Awkward pause. There's we'll an see. awkward pause we'll there. We'll see what happens in the next four to six years. I think that the U.S. flips it back, but we shall see. As it stands, we didn't qualify for the last World Cup, so... Yes, know, we can't us. really talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 Mexico only qualified for the previous World Cup because of us. Yeah, and look what they did to us four years later. That is true. They, If they had won their last qualification game, we would have gotten in the World Cup, and they did not. So, so Mexico's the worst. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Mexico, that year, had been suspended internationally for fielding overage players in youth tournaments. <laughs> Which is a dumb, which is just such the the worst reason to get suspended. Basically, like, I'm like, oh, that sucks. You're like, this dude looks like he's 30. Like, why, why is he on the field? Why is he in this U17 match? <laughs> oh, Tokyo Drift. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so instead, the spot for the World Cup was being contested by the United States, who hadn't been to a World Cup since 1950, and Jack Warner's Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. We've gone over this a bit before, again, in our episode about Chuck Blazer, Jack Warner's right-hand man, and this is allegedly the trip Chuck Blazer took where the two actually met and first began talking about stuff, you know, some some stuff. (laughs) Some stuff that's not necessarily considered completely legal. Or morally sound. But it was stuff nonetheless. indeed stuff. Now, you might recall... This game was a bit of a mess. Yes. The capacity of the stadium for the game to be played in was just under 30,000. 60,000 tickets were sold. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Leading to mass overcrowding and lots of angry fans. There is a rumor, however, and this isn't something that we really got into a lot in the Chuck Blazer episode, I think, that this was not on accident. And nor was it a simple ploy to make way more money off tickets than TNT should have. Although they definitely did. Yes. There is a thread that suggests the fix was in from the very start for TNT to lose to the United States. I am actually going off for this portion an old Kick TV video. Do you okay. remember Kick TV way back when? Uh, it, was, maybe. it was one of like Jimmy Conrad's actually first like big like media things. I'm sure I've seen doing. videos on it before. You have. 
I almost guarantee it. Uh, they got bought by Copa 90, and then Copa oh, 90 kind of okay. turned it into yeah. Copa 90 yeah. US. And then they laid everybody else off of Copa 90 US, and now <laughs> Copa 90 US doesn't exist at all. No. Pretty much. I think it still does. It's just like a couple people that run a branded social media account, basically. <laughs> Sad. Very. Uh, so, I'm going off an old Kick TV video in collaboration with Howler, actually, starring my former boss, George Creasy. Shout out, George. <laughs> Shout out, George. Uh, you can go check out this video if you want. Uh, he goes on Trinidad. Uh and also, hi, George. Here's the thread. Here's this rumor. Here, here are the sequence of events that you look at, and it's like, this maybe didn't happen. Yeah. In terms of, oh, like, TNT, it was a fix. The U.S. was always going to win. Yeah. But it's suspicious. Oh. It is, I'll just lay it out, and you all can decide for yourselves. Yeah, lay it out for us. The U.S. kind of, sort of, needed to make it into the 1990 World Cup if they wanted to generate interest back home for the 1994 World Cup. Yeah. Which was its own can of worms for the U.S. to even get all those hosting rights. So, maybe. Yeah. Some things possibly, allegedly, maybe, not for certain, exchanged hands. And quite possibly the TNT FA sabotage their own national team. None of this is confirmed. Mm -hmm. But it's a suggestion, thanks to plenty of suspicious things surrounding the game. The U.S. men's national team had a hotel that was a 5-10 to minute drive away from the stadium. Yeah. Trinidad and Tobago somehow were stationed an hour-long bus ride away from the same stadium. What? As the home team. What the heck? Mm Mm-hmm. At one point, traveling to the game, there were many excited crowds following the TNT bus, so the bus stopped for fans to greet the team personally, a process that took a couple hours, obviously cutting into preparation time for the game. When the team finally got there, the stadium was so overcrowded that the team had to be lifted over fans' heads, like crowd surfed, onto the pitch in order to get there. None of this, as you might guess, is very conducive to preparing for a must-win match that would send your team to the World Cup. Yeah. Still, TNT played the U.S. close, and the game reached its dying moments, still tied nil-nil. The TNT players having to deal with all this stuff, the U.S. players, not really so much. Yeah. We all know how this story ends. Paul Caligiuri scores a banger of a volley. They call it the shot heard around the world. The U.S. seals the 1-0 win. Yeah. But what we often forget is what happened mere seconds before that play that sent the U.S. to the 1990 World Cup when U.S. defender John Doyle made an absolutely awful challenge in his own penalty area, Mm. taking out a Trinidadian attacker by swiping his legs out from under him from behind, barely making the barest hint of contact with the actual ball. Yeah. If it was even if, if it wasn't in the box and it was just an open field play in today's game, he would have gotten red carded. A hundred percent. It's a scissors. He does this big scissors things. He yeah. completely clamps oh, down yeah. on the guy's legs. It's it's a terrible, terrible challenge. Yeah. The referee makes no call. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Tony Miola, US mullet legend. Oh my god. What a hairstyle he had. <laughs> Trotted out, collected the ball. Cycled it back upfield. Yeah. 
Calajuri scores, the U.S. goes to the World Cup, and four years after that, they host the most attended World Cup in history. Shocking the world in the process by beating Colombia and making it out of the group stage before losing to eventual champions, Brazil. Mm. Six months later, Jack Warner is elected CONCACAF president. Yes, he is. Unseating Mexican Joaquin Terrazas, who had been president for 20 years previous to that point. Chuck Blazer becomes CONCACAF general secretary. So, there's a very interesting timeline for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How that yeah. all happens directly after the U.S. qualifies for the World Cup in that kind of fishy situation, Trinidad and Tobago game. Yeah. There's no proof. There's pl- there's proof of plenty of things that Jack Warner definitely did. Uh-huh. And we're going to get to those. Oh, yeah, we will. Oh, we absolutely will. <laughs> there's no proof here. But given the vast... Just the vast amount of crimes yeah. Oh, that yeah, yeah, Jack yeah. Warner and Chuck Blazer committed. <laughs> and given how suspicious all those events were leading up to that game, and then six months later, after Trinidad loses to the U.S., Jack Warner gets elected CONCACAF president. Yeah, it's strange. It makes one think. It no. makes you put on your thinking cap. Absolutely. You know? In a few decades... Jack Warner had risen from small-town obscurity to one of the largest figures in the sport in the entire Western Hemisphere. But he was far from finished. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, brought to you by Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, 
your online sportsbook experts. back we're back jack warner just became Concacaf president under some um maybe a little shadiness mm, mm. some uh, suspicious circumstances risky business <laughs> just yeah jack warner became fifa president and he did so by dressing up in tidy whities and tube socks and that white button down with with sunglasses and sliding into frame. Absolutely. And he said, I'm the president now. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody said, you're right. You, you <laughs> are. Correct. You know I, what? I can't argue with it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Jack Warner became CONCACAF president after his run as the head guy of the Trinidad and Tobago Football Federation granted him access to FIFA's very prestigious and not at all corrupt halls. Ah, yes. <laughs> mm, mm, Had to slide that in there. Indeed. <laughs> Warner moved quickly as president of CONCACAF with Chuck Blazer at his side. He was elected to FIFA's executive committee and eventually became vice president of the organization, officially becoming one of the most powerful men in the sport anywhere in the world. Which It's still crazy to think about. This guy from Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. Who have... Humble beginnings, man. The, the most humble beginnings. Yeah. Becomes vice president of FIFA. Yeah. It's wild. And, as you might have guessed, Jack Warner was mostly focused on one thing. Money. Money, <laughs> money, money, money. money. <laughs> DMCA takedown. Okay. Before Jack Warner's reign as president, CONCACAF was pretty much a backwater and a financial minnow generating less than $200,000 a year. Rough. Not much not, money. Not what you want. By the time Warner was finished, CONCACAF was making upwards of $40 million a year. And yes, wow. inflation is a thing, but that's still a lot of money. That's a huge increase. Yeah, yeah. The money wasn't simply floating to CONCACAF, however. Again... We talked about Chuck Blaze's corruption and how he had complete oversight of the CONCACAF books, which was kind of his thing. That was Chuck Blazer's whole major corruption deal. He didn't have any accountability. He had control of CONCACAF books, and he usually would use those to his advantage. We all recall this. Yeah. Warner, much like Blazer, wasn't immune to the call of easy money either. Where he and Chuck Blazer seemed to differ was that somehow Warner's attempt at making himself some extra cash were even more brazen. Okay. <laughs> the biggest and most notable example of this is a literal building. The Zhao Havelange Center of Excellence. Now, Zhao Havelange, who's that guy? No idea. He was the Brazilian president of FIFA prior to Sepp Blatter. Okay. So we're going back now to FIFA presidents. Yes. Now it's Gianni Infantino. Because he was less corrupt than Sepp Blatter, mm, probably, right? Mm. <laughs> What's funny about the FIFA presidents is that it seems like it really doesn't matter at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> he was uh, the president of FIFA prior to Sepp Blatter, who allegedly 
promised Jack Warner the money necessary to build the center. Although, by the time the center was being built, Sepp Blatter had already taken over FIFA, uh, and he just kind of went along with it, basically. Jack Warner still named the building after Jao Avalanche. Yeah. In addition to funds from Trinidad Tobago's government and CONCACAF, as well as money allocated to development of soccer in CONCACAF by FIFA, which is a thing they do every year for, like, all regions. They have a, a fund for different regions for, like, soccer development. Yeah. Or football development, I yeah. say. Foot, football. Football. <laughs> FIFA also secured a $6 million loan to, in turn, loan to Trinidad and Tobago for the building of the center. It doesn't appear that TNT ever paid that money back. Okay. <laughs> um, it's just $6 million that went into the Zhao Havilan Center of Excellence and never reappeared. Never came back nope, out. Nope. Not <laughs> at all. So there's shady thing number one yeah. about the Center of Excellence. Yeah. Furthermore, the Center of Excellence was billed as the premier soccer institute in all the Caribbean. Okay. They wanted to build basically a giant training center that was going to be state-of-the-art. Yeah. It was going to be a place where you could host tournaments, where you'd have better youth academy development, where you'd do all this stuff. You'd help develop the sport in the nation to the umpteenth degree. Absolutely. Basically. Yeah. And it was going to be kind of like, supposedly, the crown jewel for the entire island region of CONCACAF. Yeah. It was going to house world-class facilities for players, fields, a hotel, and venue for events, all that stuff. What transpired, oh, gosh. <laughs> however, was a little bit something less than that, <laughs> we'll say. There is a venue and a hotel. Okay. It exists. Okay. There's a, a really, really terrible, creepy-looking statue of Zhao Havelange oh, in gosh. front of it. It's terrifying-looking. It's like uh, the the statue of uh cristiano ronaldo yes a little bit more <laughs> like the likeness of joe havelange than the statue of cristiano ronaldo is looks like cristiano ronaldo like, what is that it should also be noted that if you just look up a picture of joe havelange he's a scary looking person ah, okay he doesn't he he looks like the butler of a haunted mansion like gotcha. that's gotcha. the best way that i can describe to you how joe havelange looked it's a scary looking statue because it's a scary looking yes guy. Yeah. It, it, it definitely i think amplifies it in a way but he's he's a just not a pleasant looking person, I suppose. It is a uh, spooky season. It so. is spooky season. He probably thrived around this time. Hey, <laughs> stepped out of his coffin, turned into a bat in Brazil. Went on with his life. Do they celebrate Halloween in Brazil? Uh, I mean, Jair Bolsonaro is the president, so they have a vampire there. Ooh, Ooh got him! <laughs> Screw that oh, guy. Oh man, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Anywho. Sorry, Grandma and Grandpa, if you're listening to this. We're not fans of Jerry Bolsonaro. We <laughs> are not. Not at all. So, there's a venue. There's a hotel. Yes. And the venue in the hotel is basically all the center for excellence really ended up being used for. People would pay money and can still pay money to hold weddings there, to hold conventions there, uh, simply book nights to stay there, seeing as it really is a hotel. Okay. <laughs> um, in that Kick TV video, there's 
actually a great scene uh, where George, where they, they book a couple nights to uh-huh. stay there, like themselves. Yeah. And they're out on like the balcony of their room talking and George is talking and then he notices like five feet to his right, there's a big dead bird. Oh my God. That is just there, there. <laughs> like under a chair. Sweet. <laughs> and I'm like, this seems like an ill omen. <laughs> yeah. What's more? What's even more? So this is kind of like, they didn't really pump out a sport thing. It's more just an event center. Yeah. And hotel. It's a little bit run down. Yeah. And what's even more, so we have the $6 million loan. We have the Center for Excellence. It's not really a Center for Excellence. It's more just a hotel. Yeah. The land the hotel was built upon was and is owned by Jack Warner. Oh, okay. And furthermore. Okay. The company that runs the Zhao Havalange Center of Excellence is CONCACAF. However, it is not CONCACAF, the American and Caribbean Soccer Federation. Okay. A separate company, also named CONCACAF... What? (laughs) ...owns the Julian Havalange Center of Excellence. Okay, so what's this other CONCACAF? The operating address of this new CONCACAF is Jack Warner's home address. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Great. (laughs) The president of this CONCACAF company is Jack Warner. Yeah, yeah, I would have guessed... The board of directors for this CONCACAF company constitutes Jack Warner's wife and his son. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keeping it in the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So FIFA gave Jack Warner $6 million in addition to the funds he was using from Trinidad and Tobago and CONCACAF to completely fund what amounted to a hotel and event venue from which Jack Warner and his family exclusively profits. There was no soccer development that was occurring there. It's just a hotel, and Jack Warner's making money off of it. That's it. Hey, man. Some people got to get paid. In the, in the video, there's a, there's a Trinidad and Tobago uh, journalist uh-huh. who's basically like, they said it was a loan, and then they said it was a grant, and uh, then Jack Warner said it was a gift to him. Yes. <laughs> this was a gift. Just a classic Jimmy. just a classic gift of $6 million. A gift in the very small sum of $6 million. I'm sure that's close to what Kanye paid for uh, Kim Kardashian's hologram dad for oh her birthday. Oh my gosh. Which the stones on the man to create a script for a hologram dead father for his wife who he had never known or meant who then compliments Kanye (laughs) during the little presentation of the hologram dad. Oh man, it is something else. (laughs) Private Island. Oh man. Multiple health screenings. Just a small exclusive group of friends. Just just a small, small gathering. Just to kind of get away from everything. And that's how we lump the Kardashians into the story about Jack Warner. Yes. Go us. Good job, us. Not all of Warner's exploits were this complicated. Which this one is not even that complicated. It's just like there's a couple moving parts, basically. Yeah. In 2004, he arranged a friendly match between Scotland and Trinidad and Tobago. After which, the Scottish FA requested... Or no, uh, Trinidad Jack Warner 
requested from the Scottish FA. And the Scottish FA, like, reported this, basically. Okay. They're like, what the heck? Yeah. Jack Warner requested the Scottish FA make a check out for $75,000 to be paid to his personal account. What? <laughs> it's just like a, I, like, it's so, it's so out there. Like, yeah. hey, pay me 75 grand. <laughs> Maybe we should try that. I'm just walk Dude, up to people and be like, hey, pay me 75 grand. Pay me 75 grand. Name's Drew Snavely. You can write it on the check. <laughs> S-N-A-V-E-L-Y, E before the L. That's very important. Yes, yes, yes. It's not Snavely. No, Snavely. Thank you. In 2006, just a couple years later, Warner was reprimanded and punished by FIFA. A rare occurrence of FIFA actually punishing him. Okay. During his tenure. He was actually punished. So this is something that is confirmed he 100% did. For reselling tickets to the 2006 World Cup in Germany. Reportedly. Jack Warner's son repackaged tickets allotted to him by FIFA, which before the World Cup, FIFA has an allotment of tickets that they just give out to the executives. Yeah. Jack Warner's on the executive committee. I think he's already vice president at this point as well of FIFA. Yeah. And so they're just like, here, here's a bunch of tickets. Um, you can use them for yourself, friends and family. You can give them away, whatever. They basically have literally just one rule. There's one rule. About do, these tickets. Do not sell them. It, you, it, was, it wasn't even do not sell them. It wasn't even do not sell okay. them. You could still make a profit off of these tickets. Here is the one rule. If you resell these tickets that we give you, sell them at face value. Okay. So they're given the tickets. These executives are given the tickets for free. Yeah. So if they sell them at face value, which is probably like still a, a lot couple, of money. maybe a couple hundred dollars something yeah. like that they're still making a tiny little bit of profit yeah. like it's happening but there is one rule sell these for face value okay. if you if you resell them don't bump the price up don't become that guy in the parking lot of an NFL game that's holding five tickets in his hand and selling them for a thousand bucks a pop yeah. that's it that's yeah. all you had to do yeah it's not difficult Jack Warner did not do that <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, and it was technically Jack Warner's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reportedly, Jack Warner's son repackaged tickets allotted to Jack Warner by FIFA that were meant to be resold at face value. Uh-huh. If the officials who received these tickets were to resell them. Warner's son through a travel agency owned by Jack Warner and his family. So it still winds back to Jack Warner because yes. he owns the company. So he's still going to be making the profits. Yes, yes. Allegedly made one million dollars just through reselling these tickets. Oh my god! Had marked up these tickets that I don't know. Maybe the tickets were like to boxes, so they were probably like maybe in the thousands of dollars range. These tickets were marked up into like the five figure range. Wow! That they were that they sold to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he they made this company made a million dollars just off reselling these tickets. Good God. FIFA found out because it's not hard to find out something about that. No. <laughs> like at all. They ordered Jack Warner to pay back this million dollars once these sales came to light. Uh-huh. As of 2015, which is the most recent article I could find about this, only two hundred and fifty thousand dollars had been repaid to FIFA. <laughs> Yeah, that money's gone. <laughs> that money is not coming back no, whatsoever. No. Absolutely not. It's not coming back. It's getting back. buried with him. 
This all came in the same year that Trinidad and Tobago qualified for the World Cup, which was a big, big deal for Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. I remember watching them specifically. Kenwin Jones was on that team. I remember watching them play England and playing them really, really close. They were a fun team to watch. Yeah. Um, so, it being a big deal that TNT qualified for the World Cup and played there, because it doesn't something that usually happens, Jack Warner struck a deal with the players as a special advisor for the Trinidad and Tobago Football Federation. This is another thing about Jack Warner. When he became president of CONCACAF, he resigned his position as TNT president. Okay. Which makes sense. Yes. Like, you can't hold both these positions. Conflict, Conflict of, of interest, interest. is the, is the oh, big we, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't need to talk about anywhere else that it is currently at play <laughs> because we already said that we weren't going to talk about that one thing. No. Right at the beginning of this podcast. But... Obviously, he resigns. He's now the president of the whole region. He can't also be the president of a federation in the region that he's supposed to be impartially ruling over like a king. Here's the thing. Basically, after Jack Warner became CONCACAF president, he started a role with the TNT Federation that they termed special advisor. Uh Uh-huh. What it translated to was that Jack Warner basically still ran everything okay. in TNT. Okay. So he was both a CONCACAF president and he was the special advisor, and pretty much anything that he said went. Yeah. And and he was just and he was just running like that, and yeah. nobody cared. No. Or at least some people cared, but not enough people, and not the people in the right places cared that it was actually going to change something. Yeah. So Jack Warner was the person, as special advisor, that actually struck a deal with the players who qualified for the 2006 World Cup. He said, you guys made the World Cup. That's a big feat. Here's the deal with bonuses. Because typically, everywhere, international soccer, if you make the World Cup, if you win the World Cup, if you get yay far in World Cup, players get bonuses for that. Yes. They make money off of that. Yes. And basically... He said, yes, you're all going to receive bonuses. And here's how we'll do it. We'll share proceeds from the World Cup. We'll try to split it 50-50. 50% of the proceeds that we make from being in the World Cup will go to you guys, the team, to be split amongst you. And 50% will come to us. And the players agreed. They said yes. Um, at the time, the player kind of like player association president was actually Shaka Hislop. Okay, cool. So... Yeah. A familiar name for anybody that's watched soccer. Um, he's a frequent commentator and analyst for yeah. a lot of like ESPN stuff now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> after the World Cup, the TNT FA said they had made, on the World Cup, 18.25 million Trinidad and Tobago dollars. And had incurred operating costs of 17.9 million Trinidad and Tobago dollars. Gotcha. Thereby offering the TNT players bonuses of around 5,000 TNT dollars each. Now you may be asking me, Adam, what's a TNT dollar compared to a US dollar? Yeah, Which yeah. is the value that I am familiar with and that I know of. Like if you go to the store and TNT is like a loaf of bread, like... Two TNT dollars, or is it like 
two hundred TNT dollars, exactly. or like two thousand TNT dollars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or like twenty thousand TNT dollars. I didn't check the inflation rates and what they were from two thousand six to now. Okay, because it was just too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I went with what the conversion is right now. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't know if it's significantly different. And if somebody knows, they can, they can talk to me about it. Okay, and that's fine. But now the conversion rate between U.S. dollars and TNT dollars is that one TNT dollar is fifteen cents. Wow. In the United States. Okay. So five thousand TNT dollars. You did this math. I did actually do this math. Um, is under a thousand bucks each. They yeah. were getting like seven to eight hundred dollars, kind of thing. Yeah. Which as a professional athlete, which a bunch of these TNT players were like TNT and British dual nationals. Yeah. Yeah. And so like a bunch of these people are playing in the Premier League. Yeah. Like Kenwin Jones is in the Premier League playing for Stoke City. Shaka Hislop has been playing in England. Like yes. these, these people have money. Like they're not poor. They know what they're worth. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And they're like it's like a slap in the face yes, to get eight hundred ma- bucks. This math doesn't check out. No, what is what they said? Like, there's no way. There yeah. can't be any way. Yeah, that this is that this is what they made. So, the players shocked at all these numbers, and they were convinced the federation had made far more than that from competing in the world's premier sporting event. They eventually took the FA and Jack Warner to court. Their contentions were mainly that no independent audit of the TNT FA took place to confirm these revenues, which is true. There was no audit. Okay. They just said it. Yeah. They're like, hey, we made this much and we paid this much. So, so uh, here's this. Go with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Nothing else to see Nothing here. Nothing to see here, boys. <laughs> now, since no audit took place, they said that the FA was probably hiding money or trying to hide money that they promised to the players. Warner, for his part, said the following. Gosh. What Trinidad is suffering from is from a situation whereby 16 or 18 players are holding a country and a federation to ransom because of greed. Oh my gosh. A rich quote. Yes. A rich quote of a man taking his players to task for greed. Yes. Of all things. Yes. The players took the TNT FA to court where it was revealed that Trinidad and Tobago did not make 18.25 million Trinidad and Tobago dollars from the 2006 World Cup. They made 173 million dollars. Oh my gosh. From the 2006 World Cup. Wow. The team was actually due at least 88 million Trinidad and Tobago dollars to be split amongst them. Wow. The TNT FA was trying to give the team like forty thousand yeah. TNT FA dollars, TNT dollars to split amongst all of them. They were owed eighty-eight million. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's nuts. Jack Warner said this country is being held to ransom by a sixty yes. players who are greedy. greedy. <laughs> And oh they were gosh. hiding $173 million. So these players owe this money. A, and like an, a court of arbitration in the UK ruled this. And the, the Trinidad and Tobago government actually said they were the ones who revealed the revenues. Because yeah. like legally they had to 
report, yeah, they yeah, report yeah, that yeah. to the government. So the government was like, yeah, they made 173 mil. Like, that's, that's what occurred. Good lord. Again, I looked up articles. Yeah, you did. Because I wanted to know. Much like many other things in Jack Werner's life. Once this was ruled, was this ever paid to players? And as of 2013, zero dollars had been paid yeah, I was gonna to say, the 2006 World Cup team. Jeez. Yeah, that is, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. How does this guy get away with it? Uh, by being enabled by a lot of other people that are also making money. It is Just true. not as much money as he is. It is true. That is, I mean, that's, that's the MO. Yeah. Like, of all yeah. these people, I mean, you, you had Chuck Blazer that was cooking the books and just, like, writing himself checks, yeah. basically, for whatever. Yeah. And that was his whole scam. Jack Warner's is even simpler than that. It was just, mm-hmm. I am powerful enough that even when courts find, and when FIFA finds out stuff, and when courts find out stuff and tells me I have to pay money, I just don't do it and nobody calls me on it. Yeah. Because enough people around me are making money off of me. Uh-huh. And I'm still making more. Yeah. But nobody's going to nobody's going to enforce it. Nobody's going to yeah. call me on it. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's wild. So it's it's just Jack Warner's life is like full of stories like this. Yeah. Of places where he just blatantly he and or federations in his name scammed people. People caught him, called him on it, and then said, you have to pay this back. And he just never does. Nobody, like, the money never materializes. So weird. It's wild. Yeah. So, Jack Warner, bad person. Yes. I think we could say that. Yes. We've said a couple people are yeah. uh, are bad people. I think the most memorable one on this podcast was your take on Diego Maradona. Yeah. <laughs> are we going to pretend that Diego Maradona's a good guy now? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Warner was a bad person. He wasn't afraid to stir the pot in the soccer world. Actually, my favorite quote that I found was Jack Warner uh, talking about England in 2007. Because oh, England, gosh. for a long time, was trying to host the 2018 World Cup. Uh-huh. Because it goes usually goes in a cycle. Yeah. One's in Europe, and then one is in Somewhere one of the else. other continents. Yeah. And then we go back to Europe. Yeah. So 2018 was always going to be Europe. It ended up being Russia. Which yeah. Which is technically Europe, but also kind of Asia. Yeah, yeah. Um, so England was trying to host for a long, long time and they were trying to do the whole like double whammy of the Olympics and the world cup, Mm -hmm. like really close to each other. Yeah. Like Rio did and Brazil with the 2014 world cup, 2016 Mm -hmm. Olympics. So London hosted the 2012 summer Olympics Mm -hmm. and they were trying to be like four years later, we lost the world cup. We've already got facilities, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It made sense. Six years later. Six years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. It, but they do already have all the facilities. All their stuff is already state of the art. It's kind of the same. I feel like Germany, England, and the United States always have the same pitch for yeah. hosting these big events. And it's always, we already got the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we're not going to go broke building all these things like other countries do because we already have the stuff. Yeah. Like that's, and that's that. Jack Warner, when asked about England possibly winning the rights to host the 2018 World Cup, said, England invented the sport but has never made an impact on world football. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And also, he said, nobody in Europe likes England. True. He made these statements to, of all outlets, the BBC. 
Which Sweet. we all know stands for British Broadcasting Company. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. So he's a bad dude and he's also got a titanic ego and doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care what anybody thinks and he gets away with it and he consistently gets away with it time after time after time. But he also seemed powerful to the point of impenetrability at this point in his home region and even internationally. So what does a person like that do when you've reached that point? Well, what anyone does when they're a bad person and powerful and they don't have any real moral compass. Jack decided it was time to get into politics. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Deadball Brothers. Make sure to check out the second part of the Jack Warner saga. Yes. Early next week. Early next week. Hopefully, hope, yeah, hopefully... Uh, Monday or Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday is when you will be putting it into your ear holes. But until then, if you want to support the podcast, you want to support Deadball Brothers, um, you can give us a follow on social media at DeadballPod on Twitter and Instagram, DeadballPod on Facebook as well. You can email us with a, a question or concern, DeadballPod at gmail.com. If you want to support us financially, you can buy merch from our merch store. The link for that is in the description below in it's this cool podcast. Merch. It's cool merch. So if I cool. say so myself, the person who designed it, <laughs> I think it's neato. Um, but thank you once again for sticking with us, listening to us, supporting this podcast. I guess you could also leave a rating or review. Oh, yeah, well. that's a, that's the big way to, to help support us. Preferably five stars. Preferably five stars. We love a five-star review. Drop a little haiku, Ooh. something funny. We'll feature it on the podcast. Something that we can read aloud for the enjoyment of tens and people. Tens and tens of people. Tens and tens of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But seriously, thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, and we have been here for long enough at this point. So... Without further ado, my name's Adam Whitaker Snavely. And I'm Drew. And we'll see you all for part two of the Jack Warner saga coming real, real soon. Bye.